0: Hello, my name is Shireen Jordan and welcome to Tea and Tonic. This podcast is about giving my guests from all different creative industries the chance to tell us about how they got to where they are today while we both sip a tea or perhaps something a bit stronger with a tonic. It's a chance for those affected by the impact of lockdown the opportunity to chat because talking is as the saying goes just the tonic i hope you enjoy it with the beverage in hand it's sunday november fifteenth twenty twenty and my guest today is actor presenter and writer neil hurst neil started off doing amdram as a child and by the time he was a teenager was singing in the local clubs near where he lived with his mum he came second in the yorkshire television talent for tomorrow aged fifteen after his A levels, Neil went off to study theatre, but left a few weeks later after getting a part in a Vita, and he hasn't looked back. Since then, Neil has worked across every media, including music concert tours, variety theatre, pantos, summer seasons, musical theatre tours, including Joseph and Fat Friends the Musical early doors, TV presenting, commercials, all-star family fortunes, Michael McIntyre's big show and acting roles in Casualty, Coronation Street, The Syndicate and most recently he's co-written a panto with Jodie Prenger. It gives me great pleasure to welcome Neil Hurst.
1: Good morning, how are you?
0: I'm very well, thank you. How are you?
1: Yeah, yeah, not too bad. It's uh, a beautiful, beautiful morning here, so I'm uh, chilling out, in jo- oh, banging my microphone, and uh, enjoying the day, yeah.
0: Lovely, because you're in Yorkshire, Neil, aren't you?
1: That's right, yeah. Um, I'm just outside Leeds. Uh, where are you?
0: I'm down south, Southampton.
1: Southampton. Oh, I like Southampton. Mayflower, lovely theatre. We're going to
0: talk about that in a minute. <laughs> right, what beverage do you have this morning, Neil?
1: A beverage. I've got a cup of tea in my Yorkshire tea mug. You see, I'm on the advert for Yorkshire tea, so I have to use this mug.
0: <laughs> Amazing. And I'm get. Do you get lots of free tea because of the advert? I,
1: I'm. I, I, I. can't possibly say I nicked some on the day. I still. I, I'm in the advert with. The, you know the one with Sean Bean where he comes in and he's he's, he's shouting. Well, I'm in that advert and um, I um on the day they said I could have this Yorkshire Tea tea mug, which is fabulous, and uh, I love drinking my tea out of that, but I also managed to get uh, a few boxes as well. Mind you, we got through them pretty quick.
0: <laughs> Do you know, I saw at the, the advert um, this week on your showreel, so we will talk about that later too. Um, I have cool. got a licorice and cinnamon tea in my sheet mug because oh. that's how I'm feeling today. <laughs>
1: you see I'm not I've never been a fancy tea drinker but my wife does she loves all the you know like a green tea or a, what's the one a raspberry and I don't know something tea yeah. and um I was a bit like oh I was a bit dubious and then I, th- I tried one I thought oh it's all right this is like a hot LEM sip <laughs> I
0: think you've got to be in the mood for one that's you know have
1: you yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, well cheers anyway Neil
1: yeah I mean, cheers, I mean, cheers cheers
0: amidst the commercials that you've done, the acting, the presenting, the voiceovers, the podcasts, the comedy. Was this you as a child growing up? Did you know that you wanted to go into the arts?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I always wanted to be, funnily as it sounds, being called Neil, I always wanted to follow in the footsteps of Neil Armstrong and be an astronaut. But I remember going with the Cubs to uh, one of the first IMAX cinemas. You Remember that big IMAX screen? Well, they still have them today. But uh, there's one in Bradford near us. And um, I remember as a kid going and watching this, this program all about space and I got travel sick in the cinema watcher so at the age of seven my dreams of becoming the next Neil Armstrong were thrown out the window because I was travel sick in the cinema watching space So, uh, so it else had to happen. Uh, And then, yeah, I, 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 I fell in love with my local Amdram musical theater. I I loved being part of the local community theater scene, doing all the different musicals, then playing all the roles in that. And it got to the age of 14, 15 and, um, um, I needed a Saturday job and at the time my mum was um, a club singer and she'd go around singing uh, up up in the north we have lots of well we did have loads of working men's clubs and social clubs and labour clubs or whatever where they'd have a turn on on Saturday night so uh, I'd go with my mum and I'd sing a couple of songs um, and it sort of just snowballed from there really and then it came to 18 you decide what you want to do for a job and I'm not very good at anything else so this is what I've been doing ever since <laughs> well,
0: So your singing voice which is brilliant you get that from your mum
1: Yeah I think so yeah yeah um, um my dad sings as well but uh, my mum's been doing it since 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 Jesus were a kid you know a long time
0: <laughs> oh. And um what happened to the phrase turn anyway we don't we don't use that phrase anymore I know
1: a- we've got to turn I'm in a minute after bingo don't worry <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, and so, did your parents encourage you then? If you were singing, you know, um, with your mom, was it something that they kind of nurtured?
1: Oh, very much so. Yeah. Um, I mean, um, there were there were lots of uh, local um, talent competitions. It was before. It was in that that lull between like your Opportunity Knox days and your X Factor and Pop Idol days. There was nothing like that on TV at the time. Um, so uh, there was no sort of output there but on our local television yorkshire tv they did a, a program called the yorkshire television talent of tomorrow and uh, they my parents were like you know you need to go on this so uh, as a precocious 14 15 year old with mouthful of braces and uh the awkward teenage sort of look about myself I was on television singing um um look be a lady tonight from guys and dolls and anyway I got quite far in the competition and uh, um I think I came second in the end and uh yeah it's just like say there was so and they still are so supportive of everything I do you know and um I mean, it's a big thing if you think about it, you know, you, you leave school and essentially you're self-employed as an actor right? or a singer or, you know, whatever. And, um, you know, to, to do that as a career, is it's it's a big thing, isn't it? You know, you, you're putting a lot on your shoulders and I admire anybody that, 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 that does it and can, especially if they can make it, you know, work out for them and make it a success, you know.
0: One of my guests described it as having blind faith. Um, yeah she said you never know how it's gonna pan out or if there's gonna be jobs and things so she said as a teenager she just had blind faith that <laughs> she wouldn't have now in her 30s.
1: Oh totally and, and you've got that for, for me you don't know what's around the corner you, you just don't know at, at the beginning of this year you know <laughs> nobody knew how this year was going to pan out um yeah. But um, at the end of every year, I do Panto at, at Christmas, you know, and that's always it's always there at the end of the year. You know, I'm always going to have a, a a good Christmas, and obviously that isn't going to happen this year. So in in that respect, there's the bad side, of it, but then there's the good side of it as well. Of you know, who knows? Tomorrow, my agent might ring me up and say, "Oh, um, Neil, they want you on Emmerdale for the next fifteen years. Can you do that?" Oh well, yeah. yeah. Oh, go on then. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't know, do you?
0: No, no, you're quite right. And we'll talk about Panto in a bit, Neil. When you were yeah, like a no teenager worries. and and singing and performing, how did that make you feel?
1: I used to love it. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I can't really describe it, really. At school, when I was at school, everybody knew that I was the lad that was singing. Well, I was on telly singing bits and pieces sometimes. So yeah. I was always, hey, singer, you are all right, singer? singers a song. Um, but it was never an embarrassment for me it was never I was never shy of that in fact at the end of every um, school year and, and at Christmas I'd get up with the rock band or the jazz band or the swing band and I'd sing songs for the whole school and we'd have like a little concert and i just loved being part of that and um, just part of that community and I'll, I'll uh, you know, I'll never forget at school playing Danny in Greece, you know. I was 17, yeah, sixth form, so i have been about 16, 17, playing the lead in Greece and uh, all the girls are, are fluttering their eyes over you. Yeah, I'll have a bit of this, don't you worry about that.
0: <laughs> no, because you, you didn't go to a performing arts school, did you? You went to a, a normal school and
1: yeah, I yeah,
0: you did your GCSEs and your A-levels.
1: Yeah, yeah, did all them and um, I've used them loads in my life. <laughs> Never used them once. I couldn't even tell you what I got. Uh, then I went to university, and uh, I went to the University of uh, Huddersfield. Where I wanted to do a degree in theatre and uh, theatre studies, mm-hmm. and and media. I suppose that then I was thinking, you know, if it do, if if it doesn't work out, at least I've got um, a a degree which I could use maybe in television or or in working in you know theatre development and and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But um, But it didn't pan out that way. I was there for a few weeks and um, I got an audition for um, uh, a musical and I went and did that instead. (laughs) But unfortunately, rather stupidly, I never cancelled my student loan. So I continue to get my student loan and and I still to this day owe my student loan. How bad is that? It's
0: bad, isn't it? Well, you know, my student loan took me blooming decades to get rid of.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well... Do you watch, well, I watch Martin Lewis Money Prone because I'm a bit sad. And he was, t- he was, he was saying about, um, you know, you, you, can, um, you can find out if you paid too much back on your student loan. So I was like, oh, I bet I must have paid loads back by now. So I rang him up. I've paid, I've paid about £35 in 20-odd in, in years. <laughs> Oops. Sorry about that. Oh, well, never mind.
0: No, the pesky student loan. Gosh. So <laughs> this is incredible. So you had a place at uni. Mm-hmm. went to a, a an audition and and you got it and that was for avita mhm yeah in london
1: oh uh, we started out in Leeds first and then we went to to different places all over the country and yeah we, we ended up Playing uh, Theatre Royal Drury Lane, and uh, you know, I mean, that, from that, I mean, I, it started. I mean, it's it's the same with a, any job, isn't it? You see, it starts a snowball. You meet somebody, and then they, they meet somebody, and, and you snowball. And that's that that moment there was where my career really started. Um, the director was a guy called Hugh Woldridge who does lots of big concerts and stuff in in London, lots of musical theatre stuff. So, from that initial audition and uh, getting to work with with Hugh and uh, starting at the, the beautiful Leeds Grand Theatre that start and uh, um, it, it was just 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 wonderful and uh, a great first step into the business as it was and like I say you snowballed don't you and you, you know from there on Hugh had me on big concert tours with um, an evening with Sir Tim Rice was one of them and Tim Rice would host the show and we'd be the sort of the singers singing the songs i'll i'll uh i'll never forget being one of the um, i i would sing the role of joseph from joseph and his amazing technical duffel coat that one and uh he'd uh, uh he'd play the role of pharaoh with tim rice and he'd be singing well i was wandering along all this sort of stuff which is great only only problem was a couple of years ago i was i was doing a i was doing a show and the choreographer of the show a lovely lady came up to me and said you don't remember me dear?" i went no no i don't said i was the little girl you held on your shoulders and when you were singing any dream will do i thought oh, crikey that makes me feel old
0: <laughs> god so neil when you um you got the part in evita mm-hmm. when you went to the audition did you think this is going to happen or, or did you go as a kind of well i've got nothing to lose scenario yeah
1: nothing to lose throw your hat in and hope for the best and uh, Evita started on my 20th birthday actually yeah.
0: Was that the most amazing experience for you being a 20 year old your first professional job kind of the world was your oyster I suppose?
1: Yeah yeah I mean um, it it was wonderful it wasn't it it wasn't actually my first professional job my first professional job was um, a panto a few months before that Um, and I never (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i didn't realize that uh it would be my first job i didn't realize you had to work and then get paid at the end of the week i thought you just got paid and you were there so i, I booked digs for this panto it was in manchester and um i booked digs above this pub and i remember getting there and uh thinking oh i'll get, I'll get paid tomorrow and I I, I I didn't get paid till the end of the week um so yeah I started on the Monday I got paid on the Friday but I was paid by a check so by the time I put it in on the following Monday it didn't clear till Thursday so I was 2 weeks without any money but thankfully the pantomime was sponsored by McDonald's um so we got free burgers so I lived on burgers so I I I blame my um my chubbiness now <laughs> to that first week of work but yeah going back to Evita, you know that that's um, you know that that was you know the first sort of big thing but I do remember it was it was um we were on a knife edge all the time when doing it because um the queen mother was quite poorly at the time and um she we had we had this standby thing that if the queen mother dies we we close the show you know so um you know just you know close the show down but you have to respect for the queen mother and I, uh, that's one of the things i remember is having to to close down the show when she died. It's. Uh, uh, funny what you remember isn't it and I also remember we were doing the World Cup one uh during the run of that and uh, we we played uh, Argentina and beat them and uh when <laughs> when Ava Peron was singing don't cry for me Argentina uh, the following night the audience were. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's, it's a million years ago but it's funny what you remember isn't it
0: <laughs> you couldn't make that up could you that's I guess your training, a large part of your training then, was on that tour, learning how theatre worked, understanding how to do eight shows a week. Yeah. Um, Your voice doesn't wear out, That you're utilising your body in the right way for the stamina that's needed for a show like that.
1: Yeah, very much so. Um, I've I've often said when, when people say, did you train? I say, yes, I did train. I stood in the wings and I watched um in you know whether it was musical theater whether it was a variety theater which eventually I, I did move into a lot of variety theatre towards the end uh, at the end of my time in, in london and um you know just standing in the wings absorbing it all um watching learning and I, I, that was that really was the, the and is the secret of it in my opinion you can learn a lot you can learn a lot at theatre schools and you know not at universities but the practicality of actually being there and doing it uh, I mean is second to none.
0: I, I couldn't agree more your voice is is quite incredible listening to your showreel all the different voices you're able to do your singing voice oh, where did that you, come from is, is that just natural is that just inbuilt in you?
1: I'm not sure, to be honest. Um, my, my, in regards to my singing, I've always loved those old musicals, those Rodgers and Hammerstein, where where sing, where men singers with the likes of Howard Keel with beautiful, rich baritone voices. So I've always sort of loved that. I've I've, loved, I've always loved Michael Ball's voice. I love the. I love his vibrato. I love. I just, just love have the resonance of it. So in regards to singing, you know, I always that that was my the thing I wanted. I wanted to be the next Michael Ball um but um <laughs> that didn't happen <laughs> but um but it's 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 just listening it's like just saying it's it's listening and and saying oh wow well, wow well, I like how they sing that and I like how they do it. if I tried doing that and 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 in the same with the voices I do lots of voiceover work now when I remember as a kid watching uh spitting image yeah, and uh, trying to copy the uh the characters on Spitting Image and all the different impressions. <laughs> yes.
0: I, I, I remember, yeah, I grew up with Spitting Image as well, and it was just just genius, really, wasn't it? They brought it back yeah. to-
1: uh, It's on BritBox uh, at the moment, the, a brand-new series of it. And I only know because, uh, well, I know because it was advertised the other day, but um, I, I watched the first episode and I wasn't overly keen on it, so I tried to cancel my subscription. And they said if you want to cancel your subscription, you can have, you can have um, three months for a tenner. So I went oh, all right. I'll have three months for a tenor instead of six pound a month. Or right. anyway, I've watched a few. And I'm quite into it now. I quite like it now. So I'm glad I stuck with it. It's quite funny. Um, but yeah, I used to, to try and do the impressions. There's a there's a great comedian on telly when I was growing up called Bobby Davro, who uh, eventually I, I would work with, and he'd do loads of impressions and stuff. And I used to I used to copy them, and uh, <laughs> just just love the way you can do such such wonderful things with your voices, you know. I'm lucky to work with so many wonderful people over the years, but I'm more starstruck with people from my childhood than your biggest Hollywood stars um, by a mile. I I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I remember meeting Grot Bags once from Emu's uh, Pink Wimble, oh, A lady called Carol Lee Scott. Uh, oh, she died now. But um, I, I was absolutely starstruck. This is Grot Bags. I know, it's unbelievable. Now, I used to remember watching that after school, get home from school. Yeah, there's somebody at the door, there's somebody at the door. Um, <laughs> but, um, but I mean, I've, I've you know, I was so like I said, when I moved into variety theatre, I, I did a lot of work in Blackpool, lots of different summer seasons and variety shows, uh, in Blackpool, and and um, I ended up working with all my heroes growing up, um, you know, I, I did quite a lot of seasons with um a comedian called Billy Pierce who's a very northern comedian so uh, he did a lot of children's um, um, variety shows and stuff like that the Royal Children's Performance and stuff like that and uh, then I did I did a tour with Sutty I toured with oh. Sutty I mean I'm not to name drop or anything but Sutty you know
0: <laughs> no I hear you I mean you said earlier you know you wanted to have the career of Michael Ball be Michael Ball but to be fair you've ticked quite a lot of boxes your...
1: Yeah, I bet Michael Ball's never worked with Sooty, has he?
0: <laughs> so you did Avita. Yeah. What happened after that? Did you go straight into variety? Because I know that you spent many years doing summer seasons and, mm, um, yeah. and gigging and doing all kinds of concerts. And yeah, yeah, was that something you went straight into off the back of Avita?
1: Um, no, I, um, I did a lot of concert tours, a lot of musical theatre tours um uh did a bit of time uh doing joseph um but then my um, uh, my granddad was quite poorly and i decided that i wanted to come home back to back to yorkshire and just spend a bit of time being with the family there wasn't a lot of work in london at the time in all fairness um so i thought well i'll just come home um, and i managed to get a summer season show uh which was initially a. 12-week summer season, singing and dancing in Scarborough, and that was the plan go do that, spend a bit of time at home and then I can, you know, go back and um, continue to try and be Michael Ball <laughs> and um, I'll never forget, there was um, I remember there was a musical that had come out and it had just come out and it was called Wicked and I thought, Wicked, I want to be in this Wicked. And I had my, my absolute sight set on being in Wicked. There was nothing that was going to stop me from leaving Scarborough and going back to London to make sure I was in Wicked. And then I met an usherette. And that usherette I'm married to now. <laughs> oh. I, uh, I, I remember running into the theatre one day and our uh, eyes met across an empty auditorium. And um, I just thought, do you know what? I like her and I don't want to, I don't want to go away. I kind of like her. So, and that kind of was the moment that I sort of realized that do I work to live or live to work? And um, I, I decided that, I kind of like this usherette called Emily, who, I, mm. <laughs> who I'm now married to, and um, I, I decided to to sort of put down some some roots in Scarborough then, uh, where we lived for a bit, and I uh, ended up doing quite a lot of variety theatre summer season shows, pantomimes, and uh, little variety tours in Scarborough. I mean, it wasn't the glitz and glamour of London's West End, mm. but it, it meant more to me to be to be with her.
0: That's oh, so lovely. Uh, oh, I'm going to
1: throw up now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and so um i guess you then didn't do wicked
1: no no okay
0: so you no. know on the bucket list
1: oh one day i'm, I'm i want to play the, the wizard one day <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's such a gorgeous gorgeous story so um that was then a a, a decision that you made neil to prioritize your wife and family yeah. life above I guess moving around the country too much for jobs
1: yeah, very much so and and um now i now i have d- gone back to doing bits of musical theater and working in television a lot more now um it, it, it's, I, I'm so glad that I did spend those three or four years just doing variety theater, because like I said to you, I learned so much I learned how to be i learned how to be neil on stage as opposed to a character mm-hmm. um which has I me been such good stead for the, the television presenting jobs i've done the um the hosting of live events that i've done and um even just just the, the, moving on to the tv work as well i'm so glad that i spent that time um in uh, just 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 standing in the wings in variety theater learning how to control and and uh, um command an audience what and the people I worked this? with, it was incredible. You know, like I did Summer Seasons with the Cannon and Ball, Ken Dodd, uh, the Grumble Weeds, um, uh, name, just Jimmy Cricket, thousands of names, Joe Longthorne, load, loads, loads of big stars of the variety to, uh, era. And um, I remember once sitting in a dressing room at the Blackpool Grand Theatre, and there was myself who was... Um, um the Grumbleweeds, Cannonball, Frank Carson, an Irish comedian. Um, and I was literally the only one in there I'd never heard of. And I was like, this is pretty cool. This is pretty cool. I'm glad I did this.
0: Oh, amazing. Um, I know how popular the Grumbleweeds are and, and Cannonball. Mm, yeah. Obviously, we lost um, Bobby Ball recently. Just from going and seeing them in, in pantomimes over the years and the response from audiences just for decades has just been massive these oh, are these are acts yeah. that, that stand the test of time and generations
1: yeah very much so
0: with variety you said you learned about how to read an audience how important is that in the work that you do because I'm guessing if you lose an audience that will make the rest of the evening pretty damn hard
1: oh yeah and I've been there done that got the t-shirt don't you worry about that I was on tour with um um well, funnily enough cannon and Ball and we were doing the futurist theater in uh, funnily enough again in scarborough uh, the it was a big theater on the seafront They pulled it down now but um it was um i'd been on this tour we'd we'd done quite a few venues all of all of the country and uh, every sort of i think it was every wednesday or thursday night you play the you play a the resort you play Scarborough and, cause it's a different audience each week cause the holiday makers. Um, and if every week, um, I'd, I'd go on and uh, I'd maybe do, I don't know, a bit of comedy, two or three songs. And then I'd introduce Cannon and Ball. But, um, this, <laughs> I'll never forget this one night I went on at the Futurist and uh, I'd done two songs, said a few jokes and this big, big airy fella stood up right up front at stage and went, Oi, I paid to see Cannon and Ball, not you. And I thought, Oh, um, um, okay, and uh, as politely as I could, I was like, uh, uh, "Well, don't worry, <laughs> they'll be here in a minute." <laughs> and I'm thinking, "Oh my word, would the ground just swallow me up?" But it's because I don't know, I don't know. I'd lost that audience from that moment onwards, and I never got them back for the rest of the <laughs> rest oh. of the night. And it, it was soul destroying. But then, on the other hand, I was getting paid well, so hey, there you go. <laughs> <laughs>
0: happened when you made your entry Neil into telly what was that like because having a live audience there must be very different to then acting to to a camera
1: well yeah very much so I mean I was doing lots of summer season work lots of variety theatre and I was looking down into the audience and thinking this audience is not going to be here in another five years' time. <laughs> I'm worried that some of them will make it to the end of the show. <laughs> it was like God's waiting <laughs> room, some of them. And I was thinking, how am I going to... By this time, I'd, you know, me and my wife, we were married, and uh, we, had, uh, we had one daughter then. We've got two now. Um, and um, I was thinking, how can I make this a sustainable career? And um, I, I just looked to... Getting a, a television agent that that could uh, put me in, in in the right places at the right time, and um, the first my first sort of. Big telly job that that I did get was on um, All Star Family Fortunes, and I would um, me and Vernon Kay and um, a, a glamorous model would show off the prizes that uh, they, they could win. So, for instance, um, um, you've won a holiday to New York, and uh, I was dressed as the Statue of Liberty, and uh, uh, you know that, silly things that you've won a barbecue, and it'd be me burning something on a barbecue. You know, that things that like. I remember. You see that that was me <laughs> and we uh, we filmed loads of these and it was but that it was quite big it was panto it was very big and uh um and, and it got the profile out there it was on telly every weekend then you know primetime saturday night television every every week then um just being a comedy fat bloke really so uh, <laughs> showing off the prizes but um uh, from then on then I, I decided i really wanted to do some some straight acting so um um i got um you know, a couple of little tv roles and um you know two or three lines here two or three lines there mm-hmm. uh, and eventually like you say it snowballs doesn't it and you get four lines five lines you know and eventually you just i look at my cv now and i've done some, some incredible tv programs that uh, uh that, that's you know it's been wonderful and especially this year because i've not been doing theater work i've not been doing any musicals or anything like that i've I, the only work that has been there really has been television. So I've, I've done, oh, crack, I've done Casualty this year, Coronation Street. Um, I'm, I'm about to film Brassic, which is a Sky oh, One comedy.
0: Okay, Brassic.
1: Brassic.
0: In my top ten favourite all time. Really? Oh, I love I it. Oh, I am not joking you. My husband and I binged what <laughs> that. And... When we'd finished it, we were like, "No, why did we watch it so quickly?" <laughs> for
1: the next series. <sighs> well, well, i i, I I'm, I've not filmed it yet. I'm, I'm filming it in a couple of weeks' time. We've got to wait for lockdown two to be finished. Uh, but yeah, I'll be at the. I'm right at the beginning of series three. I can't tell you anymore. Can't tell you anymore. Right. But um, it's, uh, it's, uh, and. Th- the writing on it is just so funny um it's not the biggest part i've ever done by any by any stretch but I, I i remember reading this uh this script for the audition and thinking i have to do this this is so funny i have to do this scene so uh fingers crossed when i film it in a few weeks uh, <laughs> we will we'll be uh, just as funny as it, as it was when i when i was reading it but um, i have yeah, done loads of tv this year it's been brilliant um you know, and uh, I mean, I was supposed to be doing um, um, Michael McIntyre's big show at the moment, which is um, another show I was doing. And I did a series of that last year. Um, I help uh, Michael prank the unexpected star of the show. Um, so I work with Michael, and we do these little sketches to uh, and little scenarios to uh, to uh, yeah, well, pr- prank the unexpected star. Yeah,
0: and they are Neil. So blooming funny!
1: I mean, <laughs> great do you, fun out do there. You
0: get to write that and improv it. Is that how it's done?
1: Kind of, yeah. Yes. I mean, with the, the outline is given to us of what we want. You know, you know what the scenario is. I mean, um, for those of you that may have seen it, there was there was one where uh, we did an escape room, and uh, I was doing this escape room with the uh, the chasers, a few of the chasers, <laughs> and then uh, there was one where I was. Um, uh, uh, there was a little girl who wanted careers advice. I was showing her all different careers, and uh, oh, there's loads of them. There's loads of them. But uh, we'd, we'd get there and we'd rehearse during the day, we knowing that at seven thirty our um, unexpected star would arrive, and they wouldn't know anything that would happen. And it was all at the London Palladium, um, and. Um, just in the back of the london palladium even saying it now it doesn't seem real but they would arrive at the back of the london palladium expecting it to be well one was a go-karting experience and there were a load of go-karts outside and they had to drive onto the stage it's like how did you not realize you're at the london palladium it's like it's really obvious but it it isn't because it's just so well done
0: is it as much fun to film as it is to watch
1: yeah very much so yeah yeah um because you've been rehearsing it all day and uh and its well it's the London palladium it's pretty cool that isn't it mm-hmm. and uh, you you you're rehearsing it all day in the palladium and uh you're building up, but you're rehearsing with um you know people who work for the company, so they're doing all the they're doing all the things they're supposed to, but you don't know that the person who's coming in who's the unexpected star is gonna do any of that, so you've gotta improvise your way around it and yeah. and uh, basically make sure they don't suss anything, but it's ridiculous as possible, and they have to be pushed on the stage at a specific point to uh, to make the audience go wild so uh I, it's guess great fun.
0: I guess there's only one opportunity to get it right,
1: yeah, that's it, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it 's not going to touch wood it 's not going wrong uh, not going wrong yet but <laughs> but unfortunately you can 't do it at the minute because we need a London palladium full of people right. But um um i 'm I'm sure uh, i 'm sure we'll get there there 'll be a vaccine very,
0: it, it's I just think it 's so clever it, 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 a simple idea but it 's so clever, and again, it takes me back to kind of telly when I was younger, you know the Saturday night larking about telly that we used to grow up watching.
1: Exactly, and and that's that's just Michael McIntyre's whole ethos on that show. It, it it's got to be, um, you know, even. For- even from the, um, you know, the, the the game show they do, a midnight game show where they go to somebody's celebrity's house and they wake them up in the middle of the night. It's just nonsense. It's just silly. But it's good, old-fashioned family entertainment. And there isn't uh, a huge amount of that anymore. And uh, um, Michael's show is, is wonderful to be a part of. And uh, he's, he's brilliant.
0: I describe it as kind of telly that unites when you and I were young and there were only the what four terrestrial channels on telly yeah, yeah. so you would pick one to watch you'd sit down with your family get some snacks in and <laughs> I don't know, it might have been I don't know Beatles about or you know um, yeah shows like that and um The Generation Game and Blankety Blank and you know all yeah. those kinds of, of shows and um It just takes me back to being a kid, and and I love that. And I think nostalgia is what we need more than ever now as well.
1: Oh, incredibly so. And, I mean, it it just goes to prove it that that, that's a format that works. I mean, look at all the new telly that's being commissioned. You know, um, Family Fortunes is back again, without me this time, Haston, to add. But but then... uh, there's and there's loads, you know, blank, Blankety Blank, they're doing a new series of that with Bradley Walsh. And, uh, you know, all the, these are formats that work. And the they, catchphrase, you know, it's yeah. brilliant. It's made to, yeah. It's, yeah. it's appointment to view television. You want to see it and you right. want to see it live. It's, it's brilliant.
0: Exactly. There's no going back on your planner and rewinding or watching yeah. it a few days later. And that's what I, I, I just love. Do you remember like going to Blockbuster Video when you were a kid? And, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: And picking up a video, the excitement a bit. of it. And you could pick one if you were really good, maybe two. <laughs> and that two, was you one.
1: got two. <laughs> oh, tell you what. <laughs> and,
0: you know, that was your Friday night, Saturday night fun, fun treat. Whereas now everything is so instantly accessible, isn't it? We 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 click on a button and yeah. it's there. And I think sometimes we lose that sense of um, anticipation.
1: Yeah, very much so. Um, uh, I don't know if, if you've noticed, but there've been lots of uh, lots of um, films that should have been at the cinema have been released on Sky through throughout um, throughout uh, lockdown. And my kids have been going, "Oh, there was uh, Scooby Doo. Oh, Dad, I want to watch the new Scooby Doo film." it's 15.99 here it's like, a, uh, oh, yeah but I want it and I want to watch it now anyway we paid and watch it it was very good as well um but you know it is that I want it I want it now where is it and it's it's a different way the world works and um I love it but I don't know I don't know there's a, there's a piece of me that thinks oh you, you you miss for the good old days of you know going to the video shop and having the right good look round. I set myself a challenge. I I, I love watching films. And I set myself a challenge last year, actually, to watch um, a film a day, 365 films um, throughout the year. And I managed it. (laughs) <laughs> um i binged watch a lot at pantomime in my dressing room <laughs> to try and get there by the 31st of december but again they're all instant bang i want it now i want it now i want it now i want it now and uh yeah <laughs> i'd have spent a fortune at blockbuster doing that
0: <laughs> well no you know i'm i'm guilty of binge watching um I-, I discovered this year um last tango in halifax i know i'm like oh yeah probably eight years behind everyone else i'm i'm
1: well, I, I grew up in Halifax. So uh, so when, when I look around there, I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, that's my chippy. <laughs> I used to go, oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, but you know, Sally Wainwright, amazing, amazing. But again, you know, I binge watched that. I couldn't wait. And it was, oh, you know, how many can we squeeze in in one night? And so yeah, uh, yeah. I'm with you. There, there's the good and the bad, isn't there? On, on both yeah,
1: sides. yeah, exactly.
0: So, Neil, is there a favourite for you when it comes to telly? Is it the comedy? Is it the serious? Is it something like Cory? Is it the funny stuff? Or do you like to have the whole variety of work that you have been continually able to do? Oh,
1: I like the variety of work. I, I like, um um I, I mean, for instance, I did Coronation Street. I mean, I'm on Coronation Street. That's, yeah. You know, it's mega, isn't it? I mean, it was only a couple of episodes, but it, for me it was huge because I'm on the cobbles and, you know, and I had a lovely, lovely little story as well. And, uh, you know, it was really, really special for me to do that. And uh, But then then because it's such a good machine coronation Street or or any soap really where you're working on sets all the time it's bang 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 it's done it's quite a quick machine isn't it i like working that way uh, but sometimes when you do um big tv dramas and stuff like that, it does take a long time to film mm-hmm. five seconds can take you know <laughs> a full day to film so there's a lot of hanging around a lot of waiting but um um you know it's it's good fun i, I did um uh, a series called The Syndicate this year, where I was uh, just playing a, a, a little role of a reporter, and it took took ages to uh, to film this this one scene. And when it's on television, it'll be it'll be you know it'll be on for like thirty seconds. But it but because they spend the time on it, and because they 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 really spend all day making it look good, you know that that thirty seconds is going to be absolutely top notch television. You know. Um, but but then in, in the same same respect, there's the light entertainment side, you know, with the Michael McIntyre, the All Star Family Fortunes. I love that side of it as well, and it's a, it's a side that um you know I'd, I'd love to do more. I would love, to, I, you know, I, I would say if one day when I'm famous, I'll I'll host my own my own game show stuff. So I, I, I do love the that side of it, but um, I'm still waiting. One day, fingers crossed. Oh well,
0: Mils, <laughs> it's totally going to happen. It's totally
1: out there <laughs> in the aura. It's going to happen. There
0: you go doing all of this telly and uh, first of all I wanted to say congratulations on Cory because the character you played I just I loved how you played him and oh
1: thank you it was it was a character called Baz it was um, he didn't have a surname but he didn't need one he and he was um, my agent rang me up said uh Neil did um They asked for you to uh, audition for this role in in uh, Coronation Street, and I was like, "Oh, they've asked for me, have they?" Well, thank you very much. And uh, what is it? no it's called Baz. I'll send you the script through. So the script came through, and it's like, "Oh, they uh, told me why they've asked for me." You know, they've asked for me to do, and I picked up the script and email. It said, "Baz, chubby loser." I thought, "Oh, great." Just what I need. Mean. <laughs> so I was chubby loser. And my, my role was, um, I, I was on a date, um, with a girl who was, uh, a, a, an escort. So I was like, oh great. So they specifically asked for me because they think I'm a chubby loser. Who'd have to hire an escort. <laughs> Just what I need. Mean. But I have to say, um, the, the few scenes were funny scenes and, uh, I I was at the end of the scene, I was chased down Coronation Street uh, with with shoes being thrown at me. So, you know, what more can you ask for? It's just great. And it's great for the showreel as well, you know.
0: Well, it's so funny. Um, If people haven't seen it, go to your showreel because it's hilarious. And I love how you're, you know, striding down the street away, kind of trying to maintain some dignity and and you're being (laughs) screamed at. And it's just brilliant. (laughs) <laughs> and that's really been a highlight in this horrible lockdown yeah. year.
1: Very much so, yeah, in regards to work it has. Um, I mean, I, I've, I've, I've done a lot of writing, actually. I've been uh, trying to write it. I've, I've, I want to write the next big comedy series, but I don't know what that is yet. Okay. <laughs> but, um, uh, but yeah, we've... Um, in regards to, to work on the television, I mean, that yeah, that, that was great. It was... Well, it's Coronation Street, isn't it? What, what can you say? It's, mad, it's
0: madness. It's madness. And <laughs> um, you know, we'll talk about some of your writing in a moment, but I would like to just chat about um, musical theatre, if I may, for a bit. Because...
1: Brilliant. I'd love it.
0: Can you it. talk to me about Fat Friends, the musical? Because it was the, the telly series that started years ago by Kay Mella, which I just loved, then it turned into a musical. I, I saw you in it, I think 2017, 2018, 2018. It was just brilliant. What was that experience like for you?
1: Oh, it was just the best. I mean, it really was. We, um, uh, Me and my wife had decided that both of our daughters were now at school and they were at school where they... They were at an age where they didn't need they didn't need daddy picking them up every day. They they could they could go to trial-minded if need be. They could they could have Nana and granddad could pick them up that sort of thing. Uh, and it had been years since I'd done any musical theatre, so I, 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 the opportunity came around to do um, Fat Friends, the musical, and I'd done um, a Kay TV series called. Well, it's actually called the Syndicate. I've I'm in it twice. I'm, the, the, I've done the first one of the, the um, uh, I've done an, an episode in series two um, uh, of that. And So I'd worked with Kay before, and um, I loved working with her. So I'd got the opportunity to audition for um, for Fat Friends, and um, I, I just grabbed it with both hands and said to my wife, "This is something I really want to do. Could be good for the career. Uh, can I go? Can I go back on tour again?" <laughs> <laughs> and she went go on then and um no she's fabulously supportive she's great and uh, so yeah got the gig and uh, a few weeks later i'm in a rehearsal room rehearsing with um the cast of fat friends and we had a great cast we had um uh, jodie Prenger was playing the, the lead in it um We had Kevin Kennedy, who was Curly in Coronation Street, Uh, Sam Bailey, who won the X Factor, Natasha Hamilton, who was um, at Atomic Kitten, and uh, Natalie Anderson, who was in Emmerdale. And... um, uh, and uh, our leading man was um, Freddie Flintoff, the 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 greatest musical theatre star to ever win the Ashes. Is uh, <laughs> no, Freddie's brilliant, and he was such a laugh. It was it was the best fun working uh, with Freddie Flintoff on that, and uh, the, the, well, it was, uh, it was the best fun working with everybody on that. And when we went up to, to Scotland as well, we worked with the, uh, the wonderful Elaine C. Smith, who was in Rhapsody Nesbit if you remember that, and she's in two doors down which is one of my absolute favorite tv comedies at the moment um so uh so I was, yeah it was just a great experience it was so good to be in a musical again to be on the road again and to be um uh to to, to just love what i'm doing and it was just great fun but i did miss the kids i miss me moo Ivan, kids but never mind
0: <laughs> oh do you love that instant response that you get from an audience when you're playing a funny character in a show like a uh, fat friends in musical musical theater cuz you know your character had some poignant lines and scenes mm, yeah and then also you got some lots of laughs too
1: yeah it was especially with a show like that i mean because it was a new show we we we'd we we'd rehearsed it and we'd workshop ideas around different lines and stuff and how we do that how we, but yeah, i suppose with anything that's new you don't really know until you put it in front of an audience how it's going to go down um so um that that response is, is just so important and when we did get on stage there were bits that we thought oh well that didn't work as well as we thought we would we'll change that and we'll do it like that but when you're doing comedy you know you, and when, you, when you're a person who loves comedy as well, you are desperate for that laughter. You know, that that's, that is what it is. Um, and when it comes at the right time, it's just, oh, there's nothing better. Um, after I did Fat Friends, I then went into um, um, a play version of um, a, a sitcom called Early Doors, which was... Um, um the follow-up sitcom to the royal family written by craig cash Mm -hmm. and um and phil mealy who who wrote some of they wrote some of the royal family together but then they did this sitcom called early doors and it was a bit of a cult um sitcom and we toured the originally it was at the lowry in manchester for for like two or three months but then we toured it around arenas uh, around the uk and instead of theaters And the, the difference there just going back to that getting that reaction is in a theater you tell a joke and you get a laugh straight away but in an arena because it's so far back uh, you you tell a joke then there's that beat where they're listening to it <laughs> slowly but surely the laughter then comes back to you so it, it, it was quite an odd experience really um but um but great fun, great fun,
0: yeah that's so interesting i hadn't I hadn't thought of that actually the the, the the bigger the space, I guess the different timing that you have to run yeah, for. very
1: much so we did um I mean with that too i mean. It, we did I mean we did some great venues with that too we did um the Apollo Hammersmith I was like I'm live at the Apollo for once this is awesome um we, but that's a theater but but when we did like Manchester Arena for instance um and we were doing I think we had about 17,000 people in the audience for a play and it's a comedy play as well and um we had screens up at the side. So the screens were filming it like a TV show. So the visual gags were always on the screen so everyone could see it. But you'd say a joke, you go, da 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 Then you normally, you'd get a laugh, but you wouldn't in the arenas. it just take that beat longer, which just sets you off on a funny sort of uh, a funny sort of, sort of stepping, really. But um, oh, it was great fun to do and, uh, you know... I've done an arena tour now as well, so that's wow. pretty cool.
0: <laughs> Amazing. See, you're on the same level as Michael Ball there, Neil. There you go.
1: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm waiting for Alfie Ball to quit, and then I'll do a, I'll do a duets album with him.
0: <laughs> well, you know, you've got the voice, to be fair. There you've you go. The you never
1: know. Love, love changes everything. <laughs> <laughs> there
0: is actually, well, you know. I love
1: Michael Ball. <laughs> fabulous. I do. My friend, one of my best, my bestest, 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 bestest buddies. She's a wonderful lady. She's called Lizzie, uh, Lizzie B, and she's about to play Tracy Turnblad with uh, with Michael Ball playing the, playing Edna in uh, Hairspray in London. It was meant to be this year, and I'm so excited for her. She was on Fat Friends with us, and uh, she was a swinging Fat Friends, and she was she was just oh, just so much. Fun fun and except, she's, she's one of the people that you meet and you just smile from ear to ear when you meet her and uh, she's, she's just brilliant and I'm so glad she's getting to do because uh, it was meant to be this year but obviously that was put on her. so I'm so glad they've kept it and, and moved it to next year and I'm looking forward to that and um, yeah uh, then she can introduce me to Michael Ball and then it started in it duets album by Christmas don't you worry you see? <laughs> and that is the snowball
0: effect isn't it that That's you were it. talking about <laughs> <laughs> happy Christmas
1: happy christmas
0: (laughs) (laughs) so neil let's chat a little bit about this year because you were in rehearsal for jungle book yeah yeah the olden coliseum back in april when everything had to go on pause because of lockdown
1: Mm -hmm, yeah
0: that hasn't happened this year yet but hopefully will happen next year
1: yeah i mean it's, it's um it's a great show it's a musical version of it actually by a guy called joe stilgo and um it it, it toured, toured the country a couple of years ago and uh, it was a, a big success so um oldham coliseum got the rights to it and um uh, they wanted to put it on and um they, uh, they asked me to audition so i auditioned for baloo and i got it so i, I was really excited to play baloo you know in the in a musical version of it. Because everyone everyone knows the Disney version and there are pantomime versions of it. This was a really nice such a new kind of musical version i was so so looking forward to doing it and we were in rehearsals and i remember driving to rehearsals every day with the radio one and oh what there's a there's this there's this uh, virus in italy okay well it's italy it's all right no the- oh, oh oh it's in france okay. and it's in spain okay and then i remember getting to rehearsals and we just we just got our set on stage and uh we just sort of started working in the actual space and we all sat down and went well i don't think this is going to happen now so the uh, but old and Colise- seen were were just wonderful they 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 paid us out to the end of his contract they said we will do this hopefully in summer but that never happened obviously because of uh, you know we're still in this but um it is planned to go ahead in in march next year so it's kind of the same spot so uh, hopefully i'll remember what we'd set (laughs) it was very good um, but yeah, so, so unfortunately that that, uh, that that didn't happen this time, but I really, really hope it does because it's such a fabulous show. Great music.
0: Well, I wish you all the luck for that next year. Thank, um, you, thank that's you. Something to look forward to as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, very much so, yeah.
0: And I guess that you will have time this Christmas to go through your lines for Jungle Book and go through it all again because panto <laughs> that you were supposed to be doing... It's not able to go ahead, the kudos panto that you were doing. Again, I'm so sorry because you have done panto for about two decades without fail, haven't you?
1: yeah every year um i it's funny it's 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 amazing how it's so i've always done like done if i've been on tour with a musical or something it's always finished mid-november so i've got time to do a panto so it's been great and uh, yeah every year since the year 2000 i've done a a pantomime so this would have been my 20th on the trot Mm -hmm. but for the past few years i've always been saying oh i'd love to take christmas off Oh, i oh, wouldn't that be great to have a Christmas at home with the kids? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've got it this year, but it's not the... <laughs> I didn't really want a, a worldwide pandemic to, uh, <laughs> to to sort that for me. But, um, but yeah, I mean, um, I was going to be doing uh, Hull for QDAS. I was at, uh, there last year for them, and uh, great company to work for. Lovely pantomimes, great fun. And... um. um it's obviously not happening this year I've been offered a couple of other pantomimes but I, 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 I like working for Kudas I like that level of stuff and I just didn't fancy doing anything really other than that um this year so um I'm, I planned to go to enjoy as as it sounds I've never had a proper Christmas with, a, with my family so I'm looking forward to little things that I suppose little things that probably won't happen like carol people singing carols in our village there's the single stand around Christmas tree and sing carols so I hope that can happen and um, my wife's the um, uh, deputy head of a um, a C of E school, so so they have to go to church on on Christmas Eve, and uh, uh, you know that thing where they get the orange, and they put a candle in the orange, and stuff like that, I don't know what it's called, Chris Dingle, that's what it's called, I've never done that, so I really want to do it, you know, Um, and uh, just enjoy being just enjoy being daddy. Oh. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And I'm so looking forward to it. Um, I'll have no money, but never mind.
0: <laughs> oh Neil, I am. I my heart goes out. I am. I am sorry, but you know, um, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs hopefully will happen next year. In yeah, it,
1: it, yeah, they've, they've, they've just uh, they sent me a new contract and they've scribbled out the dates and put next year's. Uh, this, that's all the same. So uh, so hopefully that'll happen. Well, it will happen. Of course it'll happen. And yeah. uh, it'd be great. I've been doing other stuff. I've, I've, I've written uh, some pantomimes this year. And, uh, one of them's in, in London. So yeah, it's, a, it's all great fun.
0: Well, let us talk about that because this is significant, cinderella a socially distanced ball you've written it with jodie prenger that's Um, right yeah this is very exciting an adult panto at the turbine theater by the time this podcast goes out it will be on oh brilliant
1: well um, get your tickets now (laughs) no do seriously i'm I'm on a percentage of the box office here get your tickets now now
0: (laughs) Um, how does it feel is this the first panto you've written
1: I know I've written pantos before. I've never written a well. I tell that I have written a rude one before. But um, when, when I uh, was asked to do this, I, I got out the rude panto, which I wrote about ten years ago, and it was a bit close to the bone ten years ago. And I'm thinking, crikey, wow, I can't do any of this. So let's throw that away. Uh, but yeah, um, so so. Um, Obviously, uh, I met Jody on Fat Friends, and we uh, we became great pals. And now, me and Jody and Natalie Anderson, uh, who was uh, who was in the show with us, we um, at the beginning of lockdown set up a little sort of. Uh, production company, really trying to write things and get stuff commissioned. We've 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 wrote um, a, a sitcom for uh, television, which we've done a sizzle reel for. It's it's had some great names attached, and it's sort of out there at the minute. But unfortunately, at the minute, everything that was planned to be made in 2020 has been made in 2021, and 2021's moved to 2022, so everything's sort of a step behind. But um, we we're crossing our fingers that it could be something quite good. He says, um, "Touchwood." But and will, you, um, will
0: you be in that sitcom, Neil? Will yeah,
1: that yeah, that I yeah. There's, uh, there's, a, there's an. I've written a role for me in it as well. <laughs> Nobody else is playing that. I want that <laughs> gig. Um, but, um, but yeah. So, so fingers crossed that comes off. But uh, who knows? Who knows? But because we've been writing a little bit, little bits and pieces. Uh, Jody's um, uh, friend, Paul Taylor Mills, who runs the turbine and uh, theatre, says, "Oh, you, you've been writing a bit, uh, Jody. Can you Neil write as uh, uh, a?" pantomime because you're both really quite filthy people but oh yeah no problem yeah yeah no worries <laughs> so uh so we wrote this this pantomime and it's um it's very stagey it's very musical theater heavy um We've taken lots of songs from shows and and given them our unique twist, should we say? One of the songs is um, there's a song in the musical Annie called uh, "We'll Have a New Deal for Christmas Next Year." That's one of the songs from Annie. We've changed it to um, "We'll Have a Vaccine for Christmas Next Year" and stuff like that. You know, it's all very COVID. Uh, um, uh, you know, tells a lot of jokes about COVID and stuff like that. And it's very, uh, it's quite political. Rufus Hound is he's playing buttons for us and, and uh, he, you know, he he wanted it to be as, um, uh, as, as political as possible, you know, without, to, hopefully without offending anyone. Well, we don't mind if we offend some people, but, um, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, so it's, it's, it's just going to be great fun. And some, some lovely, lovely little, very, very camp, very musical theatre, and if you're in London, uh, it's at the Turbine at the, in, uh, in Wandsworth, so get yourself over, have a watch.
0: Amazing, until the 23rd of December. Sounds like just what everybody needs this Christmas, actually, Neil.
1: It's great. It's, um, if I may say so out of myself, it's very funny.
0: <laughs> you've been keeping yourself really, really busy then. You've had telework, um, yeah Yeah, writing creatively. Have, do you feel creatively fulfilled or not really as much as you would have done on a normal year?
1: No, I'm much more so. I've, I've had the time uh, this year. Um, I've always said, oh, I want to write this, I want to write that. And I've never really sat down and done it. But this year, because there's been no theatre work, uh, there's been opportunities for me to be at home and, and to actually sit in front of the computer and do write them, them stories that I've wanted to write them the plays and the the, you know the the ideas for tv things We've got so many ideas for things me jody and natalie (laughs) bouncing around at the minute in in the ether that we just know one of them's gonna you know grab soon but um um you you know we're putting a lot of time into it over the lockdown um but like like you say i've been able to do loads of Loads of, loads of telework and I, 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 I never thought at the beginning of this year I did an episode of Casualty first thing I did this year was beginning of January and then and it was it's um well oh, that was cool I need to tell you this is pretty cool it's cool for me it was it was um there was a wrestler and the wrestling ring collapses on him and, and yeah that, that, that's kind of the gist of it but we they film in Wales at the studios where Doctor Who is filmed and they needed the biggest studio uh, they had and it was the one that the TARDIS was usually in so they had to move the TARDIS for our wrestling ring I was I'm still I still can't believe they had to move the TARDIS <laughs> for us um so that that, that that was the highlight of the beginning of the year and who would have ever thought back then uh, you know that I've done loads of telly this year because you know I like to do a bit of television but I, I love the theatre obviously um so I, I love doing that too but um I should have thought that we'd have had the year we've had. And uh, I've had some great opportunities and i you know, I think it's, it's been great and it's, you know, it's paid well. Uh, <laughs> so Neil, that's good.
0: I'm, I'm pleased. I am so pleased and all really, really well deserved. Um, the last two questions, Neil, I always ask are, how do you relax and who has been your biggest influence so far? <sighs>
1: Right oh there go. two big ones two big questions so how do i relax um well i've kind of gone through it. i love i love watching films i like sitting on the settee at night feet up say to my wife what film should we watch and we, we spend 20 minutes looking through netflix and go back to the first one that we chose um that i just love that really and um, i'm i'm into shit's creek at the minute have you, have you seen that that other <laughs> comedy series very yeah, funny just
0: the first episode i've seen so far
1: yeah, it's good. Stick with it. It's really funny. Um, uh, and then when I spoke to you, I'm, I'm jumping into The Crown Series 4. That's that's this afternoon. I've got a pile of ironing to do. I'm going to stand in front of the telly, ironing while I'm watching The Crown. <laughs> but um, but yeah, just yeah. telly. I, I love watching great, great TV and uh, lovely films as well. And in regards to um, who my biggest influences um, have been, um, in different different lines of work really. I mean, in regards to television, it's always been people like your, your comedy actors, your Ronnie Barkers, your um Peter Kay's, uh people like that who, who write comedy, perform comedy, but are just genuinely funny people as well. I'd love to I'd love what my absolute probably my biggest ambition in life is to be um in a sitcom and to be respected as a comedy actor in a great sitcom hopefully one I've written
0: <laughs> that was actor presenter and writer Neil Hurst don't forget to subscribe to future episodes from your preferred podcast provider and follow me on twitter at Shireen jordan and on instagram at Shireen r jordan